Everybody and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I'm your host, Ethan Colburn. Welcome back. Uh, welcome to our second episode of the new year and a uh, just a, a classic, a real classic. I, I love this movie and I love getting I, I, I love every t- chance I get to chat with uh, Claire. Claire is my cousin. I um, I grew up with her and uh, yeah, it's just she lives in Paris now, so it was really, really nice to get the chance to uh, chat with her on this episode. Um, I really hope you guys enjoy it. We are not uh, drinking on this podcast. However, uh, I put up a recipe on social media for for funsies. So uh, check that out on my Instagram or Twitter. I've got... Uh, a really fun slate of episodes coming up actually. So um, next week is Damien Chazelle week. So we've got a double feature of La La Land, then Whiplash, which should just be a really, really fun pairing Um, for La La Land. uh, I've got Sophie coming back who you may know from the Legally Blonde podcast. And then uh, Siegel is also on that. Another letterboxed friend of mine. And then Ryan Daniel is coming on for Whiplash, which should be awesome. Uh, but first, this week, leading into La La Land, uh, if if you are a fan of La La Land, I highly recommend checking out The Young Girls of Rochefort, which is one of my favorites, one of Paige's favorites. We both uh, came on to do a podcast on that, so uh, hopefully it, 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 it might be kind of fun if you get the chance to check that out. You can compare it directly to La La Land, but we both did that with uh, Griffin as well, who you may know from our playtime episode. So it was really great to have him back. Uh, so yeah, so the young girls of rush for this week and then La La Land and whiplash. It's going to be a really, really fun series. So I really hope you guys enjoy without further ado. I'm going to throw you into this week's episode, please. I hope you enjoy. What the hell is that? Says who? Calvin Klein. What are you doing? Yo, you're getting on the freeway! Get out of this lane, You go, girl. Are you okay? Uh, I'm fine. surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. Well, there goes your social life. I'm gonna be a supermodel. Okay, Claire, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. It's so exciting. You are, um, I believe, our farthest guest that has come on the show. Unless, I don't know if Australia is farther, actually. I think Either it's way. farther, but I am nine time zones, so that is okay. Pretty, okay, pretty there you go. <laughs> You're in nine time zones. I'm recording this at 10 a.m. Uh, 
we yeah i'm i'm so excited to talk about clueless me too so like, oh my god i totally love it like <laughs> so when did this movie like hit you because you were you were like you were like in elementary school when this came out yeah, so it came out in 1997, not to date myself, but I was seven years old, as <laughs> so you do the math. <laughs> um, so this was a huge movie for me in like middle school and high school. Gotcha. Um, I'm not sure if you had the same kind of experience growing up a little bit after me, but um, one of my best friends um, around those ages had like the VHS tape of Clueless and had like one of those little TVs that looks kind of like the first generation Mac, which just yeah, yeah, has like sure. the VHS thing. <laughs> I remember that. And so obviously if we were having a movie night, we would walk down to the video store and pick up something. Yeah. <laughs> if we were just like, you know, going out and then coming home and having like a sleepover, we would just watch whatever was around and it was usually clueless. Um, so <laughs> I uh, have a long experience with this movie, but when I was rewatching it last night, I realized like with most movies that I think I've seen a million times, I have seen the first half so much more than the second half because oh, I always for sure. fall asleep in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so for sure, like you throw it on and then it kind of like, it kind of just like happens in the background and like, Oh, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot that totally happened. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think this movie like hit me quite the same way. I think mean girls kind of hit my generation, but I think it had a similar, I think it kind of had a similar effect where it was like mean girls came out and that was just like defined high school. Oh, for sure. It was just like Regina George and whatever the fuck, but it's a, it's a, it's a similar, it's a similar thing where I think it just kind of, it's so of its time, but like, it's, it's really kind of timeless in a lot of ways, but uh, yeah, so very mid nineties. <laughs> and that, I mean, that definitely determined, I don't know if it's because of Clueless or Clueless was just the best movie at encapsulating it, but it definitely determined how I talked for like 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> like a Valley girl. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, it, um, and the W for whatever with the W fingers. <laughs> we're talking about like the language of this movie and like mm -hmm. I, I've genuinely forgot how like quotable it is. Like there's mm -hmm. so many like they just like throw things out there all the time. Like I love that it's like a Monet where it's <laughs> like it's like <laughs> it's it's beautiful from far away. But up close, it's like real messy or something like <laughs> I love that too and something that really surprised me was um Cher saying haul ass all the time which really <laughs> makes me think of you know more of a trucker or something right. <laughs> like I just got a haul ass to the ladies room and I'm like wait that doesn't really add up here <laughs> it doesn't really seem like you yeah no there's like so many throwaway lines that I was just like oh my god they're just like throwing out these you know this like this like clever stuff all the time um yeah and then and, and, and then the other one that just like had me laughing was the oh billy holiday yeah i love him yeah <laughs> that was great but yeah i mean there's so many there's so many great quotes in this movie um how many times do you think you've seen it oh in, in I, part. 
before streaming we had to watch the same thing over and over i would say i've seen it like at least like 75 times it's like no joke that's very impressive Um, (laughs) but when i was younger i hadn't rewatched it in like 10 years wow 10 years so so if it had been that long since you rewatched it i imagine like what for you was exactly how you expected and what was like not at all how you expected when you rewatched it um i had kind of forgotten the timeline of everything Mm -hmm. so um like ty being rejected by elton being kind of at the beginning and then there was the whole like um gay romance with uh christian Christian. Mm -hmm. uh or like you know faux romance with the guy who ended up being gay right and yeah, so I the order of things was really off for me, but I had certain scenes that I remembered so well, like the um, makeover scene with um, I want to be a supermodel in the background was like iconic for me and my friends. <laughs> and uh, the rolling with the homies party scene, <laughs> I love. <laughs> and... Um, the outfit scenes like for me this movie is so much about like like fun and fashion more than like the romance element oh totally totally it's such like a like a mall rats um panacea and apparently like like i i was looking into like the costume designer i think she had like 63 outfit changes for share <laughs> yeah and- she has a lot of outfits. She's got a, a lot, lot of with um, a beret, which is why I'm wearing a beret for the. <laughs> I forgot to comment <laughs> on your beret. I love your beret. It's very appropriate. Yeah, like there was there 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 were 63 outfits, but I guess the costume, um, like department cost was lower than most because they wanted to actually like purchase clothes that teenagers were wearing at the time, so they bought a lot of it from like malls and stuff. So it ended up being cheaper. I'm still, I'm still so shocked. Like it's been 25 years and we don't have like an outfit computer app that like. Yeah. I was thinking that actually, I was like, that's actually kind of innovative. (laughs) I know. Like, like technology has progressed so far, but yet we've, we have not mastered the closet computer. Yeah. I thought that was so high tech when I. It first came out. <laughs> <laughs> like the way you click just like the button, like on the computer. <laughs> I like how the computer's just like tra- tra- trashing her, like not a match, like that doesn't work. Or whatever. it's just like I love that the yeah. computer's just like insulting her. Um, yeah, no, the I outfits have to say, are some crazy. of her outfits, like I. Um, I definitely like incorporated the like midriff thing. Like I love like mini yeah. skirts and stuff. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, and like the kind of A-line dress, like mini dress. But I have to say like her three-piece suits are just beyond me. <laughs> like, they're really cute, but I just can't imagine like wearing a suit in high school. So when this came out, I definitely wasn't, I saw it a couple years later, obviously, but it was like, I loved the fashion in it, but it definitely wasn't like, let's dress like her, you know? It's true. It's true. Especially like her, her most iconic outfit is the yellow plaid 
suit. Right? Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's the one that like, yeah, you can't imagine any teenager wearing, but I mean, I guess the movie, the whole movie's a little, a little over the top, but yeah, no, it's, she's definitely, she's a fashion icon, but I'd say rarely imitated. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, should we talk about Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. So I don't really remember seeing her in anything else. Yeah. But I think that when I was watching this, I was like, okay, some of those things that really didn't hold up, unfortunately, are the actresses Alicia Silverstone and Stacey Dash. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know what happened. To like well, I know Stacey, Stacey Dash. Dash is like a commentator on Fox News. Yeah. And I think she ran for Congress and is like a Trump in the Trump camp yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, Which is bizarre. Um, Alicia Silverstone has a lot of cool aspects to her personality, but she's also like an anti-vaxxer. Um, ah, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like the two of them are like so great on screen and I love Alicia Silverstone's like um, confused faces and she's really relatable even though she, our lives have nothing to do with each other besides being from California, right. um, but um, yeah, I I loved her, and then I don't think she did that much else. No, I was talk I was talking I was talking like the Alicia Legally Blonde plot podcast about how she she was up for Legally Blonde, and they're they're very they're very similar roles. And well, and, also Reese Witherspoon was up for Clueless. Right, right, which is so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I. I I mean, like, I, I, I can definitely see how there would be some overlap there. I think they both have this thing where they can be simultaneously, like, aloof, but also, like, endearing, despite being aloof and kind of shitty. Like, you still are rooting for them. But, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, she, re she really didn't do much else. And then, and then, obviously, like, Brittany Murphy is so great in this movie, and we just, like, lost her too soon. She died of, like, her... her 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 death is still kind of mysterious, but it, there was yeah. some drug overdose in 2009, basically. Yeah, and I think she had, I mean, I'm I'm not totally sure, but she definitely yeah. had some, like, mysterious, like, kind of abusive relationships or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. So she, I remember when she passed away, it was so tragic. Um, but she kind of, I mean, in my view, was kind of the most famous person in the movie. Yeah, Besides she Paul Rudd, obviously. Paul, Paul Rudd just like rocketed after this and, 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 and like, I mean, just to like comment on, you know, like all the memes that he has in age, like, it's really true. Like he looks like the same dude. Yeah. I actually so think weird. he looks better now. And Paul Rudd was like <laughs> one of my least favorite parts of the rewatch, which is my controversial really? opinion. Yeah. I love this take. So why, why did you not like him that much? Okay, well, one, he, like, kind of, okay, I don't agree with their, like, brother-sister vibe turning into romance. It's a little like, weird. It's a little it's weird. It's really weird, and, like, <laughs> it, because, like, the beginning scenes, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of, like, me and my brother, like, teasing each other and, like, being like, you're so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> while we're watching TV or something. <laughs> and then it turns into a romance, and I'm like, no. And I think that he has like a cool personality, especially towards the end of the movie. But I think he's more handsome now than he was when he was back that age. Yeah, I think he had sort of like a, 
like I'm just like a very basic white guy that just like has sort of like an everyman face. He's I, I, he's got this like yeah, and then I think now like he's aged so well, he sort of knows how to handle. I, I don't really know, but he just mm-hmm. he seems so. What worked really well for him like in comedies in like the '90s and the early 2000s was he he had sort of like a relatable vibe that I think now yeah now so he's funny. like <laughs> looks beautiful I guess I don't know <laughs> everyone's obsessed I think with he him. looks so relatable maybe some jaw definition plastic surgery yeah I don't know. but um yeah no also Paul- she's, I think she's 16 by the end of the movie but she's 15 in the beginning of the movie how old is Paul Rudd have we ever figured that out? he's out of high school right he's in college um yeah. I don't know like what part but yeah, I mean that's one of the things that like kind of grossed me out this time. Yeah, so it's like she's she's like sixteen and he's in college. Newly, freshly sixteen. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> freshly sixteen. Yeah, no, that is it, it is weird. I I did I did find that very sudden, but I guess the idea is that she is clueless that like she was not catching on to it, but it was very like oh my god, I'm in love with him, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love that part, obviously too. <laughs> it is, it is pretty cute. But yeah, you're, you're, you're right. It is, it is, it is an odd. It, it's odd. It's, it's an odd progression of things. I think it's odd viewed through the lens of 2021. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, so I usually do a draft. I don't know if you want to do it for this episode, uh, where we just like we can go back and forth and just like draft our favorite things about the movie. It can be like okay. who, who won the movie. It can be like a scene that you just love, but just like for you, like what, what makes this movie like, especially iconic? Like what, I guess what made you return to it so many times? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say my two like top things are um, like the language and also um, Amber, her outfit. She's like the funniest character. <laughs> Amber's so funny. What other lines from this movie or like what what part of the language were you were you also like connected to? Other than as if. Oh uh, yeah, as if. Um, I'm not really thinking of specifics, but um, like how she says whatever all the time her little lingo um uh oh yeah i have another one for my draft oh yeah (laughs) um the the grassy knoll is on my high point (laughs) i don't know if you remember when ty meets travis yeah and um and Cher was like oh like the Lodis generally hang out over there on the grassy knoll and then you cut to like <laughs> all of these kind of hippie kids like dancing around in the drum circle. And, I know, I wish um, we got more I with the grassy knoll. So and it ended up being kind of like a, an inside joke between me and my friends being like, oh, that's very like grassy knoll of you. <laughs> I read somewhere that there was like a book that they published of like how to talk clueless or something like that, that, that like, that like had all like the lingo of the time and stuff. But um, yeah. yeah. Also I, when Christian enters the picture, um, he like is talking like kind of like Frank Sinatra and it just makes no sense. And it's like, oh, he's from out of town. You know? 
Exactly. Um, I love that line of like, oh, did Sammy Davis Jr.'s death like open up a spot in the rat pack or something? <laughs> like, trying to, like, yeah, he's such a funny character. Well, and, 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 and then that comes right after like her iconic r- rant against 90s men's fashion. Oh, like, yeah. Look at these guys that just, you know, they look like they just woke up 10 minutes ago and like, you know, like their clothes are falling off and whatever. And, and then this guy walks in that's clearly gay and it's like, <laughs> like has his hair <laughs> greased back. She's like, like you. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I definitely saw way too many boxered butts like from <laughs> 2000 to 2005. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah, in that way, like, was was sagging like ahead of its time in 1995? Because I feel like that really that really hit its peak in the early 2000s. Yeah, like yeah, pants. but um, I maybe it was like the start of it. Yeah, because um, I know like super baggy jeans were like more 90s, and then in right. the 2000s it was like they're still baggy, but they're like kind of straight baggy. Mm-hmm. And they're just like on your thighs, <laughs> or like, or like the skinny boy um, jeans that were sat. Yeah. Oh yeah, the skinny definitely. jeans. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, the fashion's iconic. I think, I think my favorite part of this movie, especially on the rewatch, was Brittany Murphy. She's so yeah, she's so adorable. Like she's just so cute. I just like, I don't know. Like you just want to, you just want to like take care of her. It, it's. It, like and, and like shares in this weird thing where she's not really that that great to her but i don't know like britney murphy you just want to like tell her everything's gonna be okay <laughs> like she seems so stressed all the time yeah and it's funny to see her kind of um like later on in her career she gets like a lot more beautiful kind of ages right. fills out Right. becomes blonde whatever exactly <laughs> and um like when did eight mile come out like 2002 2003? or something so this was like eight uh, years before yeah she looks younger which is funnier no. and she has like her little ringlets which kind of makes her look like a little piglet <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah she was definitely cute and then it, it just gets even funnier when she like becomes like bitchy for that yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly it's really funny when she's like trying to be like the rest of them i i i was thinking because we were talking about like things that don't age well in rom-coms um i was actually like of the okay so i i you know like the movies that every i just rewatched recently like legally blonde and love actually and devil wears prada and in all of those like there's a surprising amount of fat shaming there's just like mm. fat shaming all the time. And there's there's not really any fat shaming in this. I don't know if that's like, I don't know if I should be like proud of Clueless <laughs> or just like, cause they didn't do anything wrong. I mean, they did other things yeah. wrong. <laughs> but like, I was like, oh, okay. There's no that's fat true, shaming yeah. here. That's, that's good. But I mean, you know. Yeah, I think um, the brother teases her a little bit. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But you're you're right. That isn't like a huge yeah. Because they could have easily been like, okay, the makeover is also like stop eating. You know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Really easily. But that's the thing is that they're kind of um, they're mean girls, but they're not actually mean. 
to people. Like sometimes we ignore people, but they're definitely not like the mean girls movie style, like evil, you know? Totally. And I think I remembered them being more evil. And like, even if you watch, I watched like the new Emma recently, which we need to get into Emma, but this is based on the Jane Austen novel, Emma. Yeah. And even in the movie, Emma, like, at least the more recent one, Emma is way more re- mean than Cher. Oh, I totally agree. And I started uh, reading Emma in preparation for the podcast. Yeah. And Emma is such a bitch. Like, she's <laughs> really mean in the movie <laughs> or in the book. Yeah, totally. And, um, she, like, is really rude. Um, and... Yeah, she, I don't know. I mean, I only started it, so I don't know if maybe she, like, there's, like, more of a coming around at the end where she, like, becomes nice, kind of like when Cher starts to um, volunteer for the, like, food drive or whatever. Yeah. Um, The disaster relief fund, (laughs) which was also, like, something that I didn't really remember and made me laugh a lot. Yeah, I like so LOL funny. the entire time when I was rewatching it. I totally. like it it's totally such a fun watch. Yeah. 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 No, I think so. So how, how, how far into Emma are you, by the way? Um, I'm like maybe a third of the way through. Oh, okay. But You're you definitely progress. like you see the main characters set up. So like Elton um, is also named Elton in the mm, book. Mm-hmm. It's like Mr. Elton. And um, there's the Thai character and the um, brother type character, which in the book is um, her sister's husband's brother, which for me is much more appropriate. Sister's husband's br- yeah, okay, like that makes her like, brother-in-law's makes weird. brother, you know. Yeah, so it's totally. never like they live together, like kind of as siblings, <laughs> you know. It's like right. In the family, but like not really. Right. Um, totally. And oh, there's also like the farmer, which um, is not good enough for her new protege. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's just so funny to me. Like, I also LOL'd reading the book because, <laughs> like, <what> you, <laughs> you just realize, like, it gives so many more layers to the movie. And it's so hilarious to read like the Jane Austen lingo is such the opposite of like Beverly Hills mid nineties lingo. And it is so genius to have like kind of um, compare those two things. Yeah. It's Uh, such a fun idea for like a, like an adaptation of like a classic novel like that. It's just a, it's a, yeah, it works really well. Yeah. And um some moments in the movie, like you can compare directly to the moments in the book. Mm. And like, I wrote down a quote, um, which like relates to the grassy knoll quote where like basically <laughs> shares like, Oh, we don't like do drugs and like hang out with skaters. <laughs> and so what it is in the Emma book is the yeomanry, which is like, you know, mid-level farmers yeah. are precisely the order of people with whom I feel I can have nothing to do. <laughs> and it's like, so hilariously Jane Austen. And I can just picture like Cher saying the same thing. <laughs> the yeomanry. I'd love to find the deleted scene about the yeomanry. It really, 
And um, the other thing that's, sorry, the other thing that's interesting about the book is that, um, like, the comparison of kind of social status in, you know, 18th century England or 19th century is so interesting to compare to social status in high school, because it has, like, I would say that, like, the social status in England is mostly, like, about money and what you were born into and like a little bit like two thirds that and then one third like how cool you are and like um in high school it's like maybe two thirds like how cool you are and then still that one third of like you know how rich you are and like what your social status is and stuff like that so i thought that was really clever it is really clever especially in like peverly hills like there's so much there's so well i don't i, I don't i've never you know, lived in Beverly Hills. But I mean, there's so much that's like hinted at here where like, is it Elton who goes like, do you know who my father is or whatever? Like he just kind of yeah, you know, yeah, slides yeah. that in like, uh, like, you know, I don't know, his dad's someone. Yeah, famous. And then earlier they're like, oh, his father could get you into any concert like you wanted <laughs> about Elton. I love, I love that idea. I Going back to the grassy knoll thing though, I, I, I like also love how they're like, no, we'll like, you know, smoke a joint at a party, but like doing that every day, like that's not, that's just not who we are. Like, <laughs> like they're like, we'll bum drugs off these guys, but like yeah. no one's looking. Like, that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> but it's lame when they do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I found that so funny too. Yeah. And it also like plays like a lot to the kind of innocence of Cher's character. Mm-hmm. Where, like, yeah. I'm sure in real life, like, especially this generation, like, someone in her position would be, like, doing a lot more drugs all day than, like, Cher seems to be doing. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and then when, when Cher actually smokes a joint at the party, you're like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> Go you. Yeah. Our, um, so, 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 did you know that like our 96 year old French grandma loves this movie? Did you know that? Yeah, it's so funny. And she hates pop culture so much. <laughs> she like actively hates pop culture. There, <laughs> there, 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 there was some party we had her to where, where like, where like my mom's friend was trying to, you know, talk to her about like music from her time and like brought up like Frank Sinatra. She's like, oh, Frank Sinatra is too like low class or like something. Yeah, something. he's too modern. <laughs> he's too modern. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, she generally hates pop culture, but I think she just loved like the adaptation part of Emma. And I'm not sure, but my dad recalls like going over to the house. She's like, I just saw this new movie, Clueless. And, but that's like, Clueless. Oh, 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 <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah. She surprises us all. But yeah, I even try to like bond with her over French music from like the fifties and it just doesn't doesn't really work. But clueless works. (laughs) (laughs) Clueless somehow works. It's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, that shows how timeless this movie is and how it works with any type of audience. (laughs) It works for any audience. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Um Oh, what are your um, draft picks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I also wanted to add one more to mine, which mm-hmm. is um, her Jeep and all of the driving scenes. Oh, um, 
Like so her no one can drive in this movie. movie. <laughs> I know. And I had a really hard time learning to drive. So I totally related to her <laughs> on that point. And so funny. Um, my friend, um, one of my best friends had a, a Jeep like for from time to time in high school. And I felt mm. like it was so much fun driving around it like an open top Jeep. Yeah, totally. You're like, oh, I'm just like, I sure. Totally <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, so, 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 how, how, like, I read somewhere too that, like, Brittany Murphy at one point, like, insults um, uh, Alicia Tilverstone and calls her, like, a Persian who can't drive. Yeah. But, like, she said later, she was like, uh, but like at the time, I was a virgin who couldn't drive. Oh yeah, <laughs> she was like, ah, kind of so sucked. funny. Yeah, no, yeah. I love I love the freeway scene. I, I was I was literally like dying when um when like Ty gets onto the free with Ty. No, no, uh, no. Uh, I'm mixing no, up the names. It's Dion. When Taeyeon gets onto the freeway, she just like doesn't know what to do. <laughs> like they really let that yeah, just like play I, out. Very relatable to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, like totally relate. <laughs> totally. I remember like the first time heading on the freeway and you're just going way faster than than you want to go. It's it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what my next my, I I guess maybe like Amy Heckerling, the director. Mm. I'm just like really impressed by like, first of all, this is like, she also directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which def which defined a lot of like the Gen X stuff before us, you know? And then like yeah. to like have like just two oh, that's so iconic teen movies, like like 13 years apart is is just, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to like kind of define two different like high school periods in such a, in such a way. I just like, yeah, like you're talking about like, like I think I she wrote this as well, um, but just yeah the the idea of adapting Emma in this way like yeah like all these funny characters that you get throughout I just think she handles the movie really well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's really cool too because Fast Times at Ridgemont High like um, it is such a different kind of high school experience like just despite being like another generation it's like you know another planet away from like the clueless high school so that's cool that she was able to kind of um yeah totally totally it, it, it's really it's really like the grassy knoll to an extreme <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> how how did this compare to your high school experience because you said it was like it, it was influenced by clueless but you also went to school in san francisco yeah probably well different, different setup <laughs> <laughs> i would say that um the classroom scenes were like the exact opposite yeah because okay. uh, <laughs> i loved like that was one of my favorite part was the classroom scenes because they were just so ridiculous like everyone's on their boxy cell phone like <laughs> oh and the speech that um travis gives about I his notes. I had this in my notes. I wanted to talk to you about the tardiness speech. <laughs> yeah, that was so hilarious. But um, like the people at my high school um, were like as rich, if not richer. Like so, it's definitely like a wealthy thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Where um, 
like everyone kind of like lived in a little bit of a dream world. Yeah. But um, but it was also really academic. So there was no like none of the like fun, like goofing around parts. Yeah. Um, no, it, it definitely doesn't seem like anything gets done at this high school. Yeah. And I went to high school from um, 2004 till 2008. So it was like a whole different style. Like Yeah. No, it's it very, very like happy, different. but in a different way. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, the classroom scenes in this are are great. Like they're just they're 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 so fun. I love the tardiness speech. I love I love all of like um Cher's oral presentations that she gives. Oh yeah. She just, like, yeah goes that's up what I hear. <laughs> like makes like, great points, by the way. <laughs> totally great like allegories for things and a great debater in my opinion. Totally. It, 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 I, I mean, that kind of reminds me of Legally Blonde, the way she's the way she's got this like unconventional way of presenting facts. But, you know, she makes she makes some good points. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, like Alicia Silverstone couldn't pronounce Haitians like she thought that was how it's pronounced. And the director just told everyone on set to like not correct her. just let it let it like you know let it play out in the scene so that's why she's like mispronouncing haitians in that scene which is great Mm -hmm. um i know poor girl but yeah no i love i I love the i love the classroom scenes in this um yeah no my my high school was i mean palo alto is very academic focused but like i think the kind of lunch thing was not too far off mm-hmm. um yeah I, I i found like the social the social structures weren't weren't that off to me but the classroom scenes are so out there which is part of what makes them great yeah but also what's funny is that um it definitely wasn't like mean girls in that um every there were like clusters of people and they only hung out with each other like yeah they pointed out like a couple different groups of people but then it also seemed like everyone was hanging out with each other like oh one of my favorite scenes is the um the fashion especially in the pe scene where they're all wearing like black and white and gray and uh, alicia silverstone's wearing like um a spaghetti strap strap tank top uh, over a white t-shirt, which I used to do in high school all the time. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, yeah, it seemed like, you know, everyone's in line, everyone's hanging out, like they're frenemies with Amber, but she is also in like the portraits that, um, Cher is taking of all of them, like towards the beginning with Elton and Ty. Yeah. So, and then at the end, they end up becoming friends with Travis and like going to hang out at the skate park. So I, yeah, I did no, think totally. it was a little like, maybe not idealistic, but a little bit less like intensely compartmentalized, which well, I think the, high school is, you know. Yeah, but like that's that's kind of like what I related to a bit more with this movie because I never yeah. had the experience where, okay, you enter the cafeteria and you have to choose. Like, will you yeah. sit with the geeks? Will you sit with the the popular girls will you sit with the football players like i never had that where you just like oh like which group will you choose and this will define you forever like i i i don't 
which it seems like every high school movie is. I, 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 it, it was a little idealistic that everyone was kind of hanging out together, I guess. But I, I thought it was, it was more realistic than the typical, like, okay, we're, we're in this, you know, crew of people and we ride. Oh yeah, definitely. With our, definitely. with our people. I, 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 I just remember like high school having a little more overlap, you know, typically kind of, kind of like this movie, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than, other than like Amy Hackerling, just kind of slaying it. Um, I mean, we, we've talked, we've talked about nineties fashion in this movie, but it's, it's an incredible like cultural artifact of like what, <laughs> what people were wearing or like what, what, I guess not even what people were wearing. Cause we talked about no one wore plaid suits, but like, <laughs> like what people wanted to wear, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just, it's just an incredible like, artifact from the 90s i guess the whole the whole thing for sure and like also what people talked about and everything um yeah what else do you love about this movie i like the the setting it's really fun you know for sure her house which is also that was something that was hilarious um like when you are reading Emma and you're thinking like, okay, I'm in like a kind of like the crown, like estate, you know, and everything's like kind of like um, proper and, and everything. And then the first time they um, show Cher's house and she's like introducing herself and there's this like huge white, like super tacky house with like the big columns. And she's like, <laughs> It's very historic. It dates back to 1972 or something. No, it's and so great. like that with through the prism of like it's a Jane Austen thing is really funny. Totally, um, totally. And, and, and her dad is also really funny too. Like the few yeah. interactions they have are really cute. I, I I was about to say like we haven't talked about her dad yet, and I think that's probably part of also what what makes her very like charming as a character immediately is just kind of, you know, like her mom died young and she just like really takes care of her dad in her own weird way where she's like, you can't eat that, like get your cholesterol down. And, you know, like, it seems like, it seems like she kind of manages him in a way and stuff like her, her, her relationship with her dad's really cute. Yeah. And towards the end when he actually starts talking back to her, <laughs> he says a couple of cute things. Yeah. Um, and the wedding scene at the end is really fun too. Yeah. What do you, do you think it's realistic that they would invite all of their students to their wedding? No. The wedding was like all high school kids. <laughs> it, was like, it was like mostly high school sure, kids. Sure. No teacher would be like, here's a fun thought. Let me invite 30 people and like 20 of them are my students. Unless actually since they set her up. But, um, Maybe yeah, but the I mean, the teacher romance is like okay. It's not like my favorite part of the movie. Um, it's a little weird. I I do I love I love Wallace Shawn in that though. I mean, like he's charming every time he pops up in a movie. He's just kind of he's fun as a debate teacher though. I don't think they give him that much to do. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the thing with the teacher thing was they had to have her play matchmaker because that's what she does in Emma and. She doesn't really do that with any of her friends. 
Well, in Emma, unless it's like a part it later, um, the, the book starts as like she has just gone to the wedding of the people she's like matched up. Right. Um, so it, it's not actually a huge part of it, but I guess it makes sense here as like her first like active decency or whatever. Right. Uh, oh no, she's negotiating her grades. So it's yeah, not no, she's even she's totally like, doing it for herself. She's like, how do I right. get a better grade in this class? She's like, okay, I'll just get two of my teachers together. Yeah, but that is kind of like a legally blonde-esque, like street smarts, like, and not academic smarts, like type of thing that makes you um, kind of think that the characters maybe a, a, has a little more depth. <laughs> It, but mm. it it would have been interesting if um either like Alicia Silverstone were in Legally Blonde or Reese Witherspoon were in this because I think it would have been more of a direct follow up. But it, in in some ways it re it really does kind of carry the same kind of character into a different part of life. This like you know like rich aloof Beverly Hills girl that like I mean it would have been really interesting if they were the same actress. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been interesting, like a challenge for them to have to act it a little bit differently, at least because they are right. like pretty similar. Um, I have to say I'm a huge Legally Blonde fan. That's like one of the other movies that I've watched a ton of times. For sure. And so I think that while I love Clueless, I am more of a fan of Reese Witherspoon than Alicia Silverstone. Like Reese Witherspoon as an actress in Clueless, um, and also Kirsten Dunst in Bring It On is like they're kind of like my trifecta oh. of like um, high school, you know, blonde girls. I guess <laughs> I haven't seen Bring It On in so long, but that's a really fun movie. Oh yeah, that's, that's something like I should consider. Another doing repeat watch for me. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, do you think this movie would have been better with Reese Witherspoon then? Um, I think she's a good actress. I'm sure she would have carried it. Um, totally. but I, I mean, I don't know if she could look as like dewy eyed and like literally clueless as Alicia Silverstone can. Um, just cause True, Alicia yeah. Silverstone has like kind of like a fuller face. That's true. That's true. I mean, Reese Witherspoon always seems like she's kind of chasing like her. She, she seems like her brain is like going like the whole time. She doesn't seem like. Yeah, she's, she's kinda, super sharp, she's, even yeah. if mm -hmm. she's like playing kind of a ditzy person. Whereas exactly. Elite Silverstone, like throughout the entire thing, she's like kind of an airhead, like not in a bad way. But no, totally. totally. <laughs> it's the character she's playing. She's but she plays it well. So. It would have been interesting to have like Alicia Silverstone in in Legally Blonde though, because I think that probably would have extended her career forward more. You know, because I don't think she got much else after this. Yeah, like I remember her as being kind of famous, like in the early two thousands, just like carried over from Clueless, and right. um, I'm sure she did like one or two other things. But um, yeah, obviously she didn't have a ton of staying power or she chose not to, I don't know what. 
Uh, well, any any like just kind of parting thoughts on the movie? Like oh, any... the soundtrack I didn't mention. Oh, but, yeah. Right? Totally. And I noticed um, like in the first five minutes of the movie, like three really iconic songs are played. So I'm sure that they like kind of made it um, like made a point of having it kind of be a, a 90s like iconic soundtrack. Um, parting thoughts. Um, I think that this movie holds up really well. Uh, I think that it is a time capsule of a maybe imaginary, but very <laughs> lovely time in history. For sure. <laughs> Everyone I know talks like, I mean, not like her specific, um, like way of talking about like, oh, are you a Betty? Are you a Baldwin? Like her vocabulary. Yeah. But saying like all the time, saying whatever all the time, like I really think that that came from this movie um, or at least this movie encapsulates it like the best. So yeah, totally. Totally. Huge impact on my generation. <laughs> kind of to find the lingo for a while. I, I mean, going back to the soundtrack, I do think I, I was noticing this time I was like, really, it was really good, but I think they could have leaned into it more. I think they could have like, played the songs louder and like made them more like more music montages throughout. Like they could have just like leaned more into the soundtrack. They kind of had it, you know, like kind of playing in the background at a party or whatever. Like the music was always yeah. quiet. So, like, yeah. It's kind of like an so ambient good. thing. Like you're like on the, it's like you're in the, her life and like it's on the radio in the background or something. Yeah, but um, exactly. that's why the, I want to be a supermodel uh, makeover scene sticks out so much. Totally. Because that's like one of the scenes where it's like music. This is what they're doing. Totally. You get that like you, 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 you get that moment where like it kind of it 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 finally like the music has has front and center. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a super it's a super iconic movie. And uh, it was a it was a really fun rewatch. I, I I probably haven't seen this since high school. And so I'm, I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got the chance to revisit it and thank And thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast. It's so, so fun to have you. Happy to anytime. For sure. I usually, I usually have my guests wrap up by saying a quote from a movie that they love in character. It can <laughs> be this movie. It doesn't have to be. You're going to have a second to think, too, if you want to think about it. Yeah, we can't quote any other movies when we're talking about Clueless. Yeah, the what's your... quotable movie. What, what, what quote would you want to do in character, then? Oh, I think just the whatever W. Of <laughs> <laughs> Amber. I love it. I love that. I love that scene. I love that so much. It was so great to have you on, Claire. This has been so fun. Yeah, happy to... Let me know if you want me to come back anytime. For sure. For sure. We'll do it again sometime. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.